0: Coming at you! Hey now, it's the weekend. It's payday. It's time to grab a beer. It's Brewing Company. Roll the open. I am not musically gifted at all. I sing in the shower quietly to myself. Pat Brewbaker, back here. We had to think for a second if that was my name or not. My apologies. I still can't believe I almost forgot my name. This bird cage has had. I think one too many helpings of bird seed tonight. Welcome in, everybody, and welcome back to the 22nd episode of Brewing Company. I am your host, Matt Brubaker. Joining me, as he usually has during the college football season, and just from Ohio State standpoint, is my good buddy, Chris Shepner. Uh, Shep, I think we both might be a little tired. I know when we were both learning radio and TV, they always kind of told us, and I brought this up before, I think our universities owe us a lot of money. Uh, But they always brought up the uh, the thing to not do is have jump cuts in TV. So TikTok and all these young kids are making millions off of jump cuts. Now, Mm -hmm. we didn't do jump cuts, but we do have fresh cuts this week. So (laughs) Shep's got the haircut (laughs) freshly from where was it? Super cuts or just average. I had to go with the
1: old super cuts. Yeah, I had to spend twenty dollars for. Two and a half minutes of haircut, because, you know, when you got to announce a game in a pinch, you got to do what you got to do.
0: Two and a half minutes. I don't know why they call it super cuts. If it's just above average at best, that's what it should be called. Above average at best cuts. Uh, I feel bad that you spent 20 bucks because I needed just a quick change of pace. So I went straight down back to the scalp the way brew is maybe known around Ashland. Uh, As I say, I've gone back to my roots is what I've done. And I I'm freshly shaved. So we've got some fresh cuts here. and. I think for Ohio State, as we're recording this on Tuesday, we've also got Fresh polls, and they are the number two team in the country in terms of the first playoff rankings. Tennessee, I think very well-deserved, is the number one team. Some craziness is bound to happen. One of these could be resolved on Saturday when Georgia plays Tennessee, so... We might talk a little bit about that, but we really, as we usually try to do during football season, is just talk some Ohio State football. We've got two really good wins for Ohio State. One over Iowa in a really good test. I don't think they looked the greatest in the first half, but it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And then similar story against Penn State. They did not look great in the first half. They were able to make some plays, not enough, but then at the same time, just a blitzkrieg of a fourth quarter, and they beat Penn State. So the Buckeyes are 8-0. They've cleared, in my opinion, Maybe their last hurdle before the big game on November the 26th. I still feel very worried about Maryland. I might be the only one that's still on that train. I think it's just now because I'm going. And you know, <laughs> to his brother, he's got a good arm. They have great receivers. I'm starting to question our secondary a little bit more than I was in maybe the first five or six games of the year. But that might just be the the Penn State reaction in me. But we're going to start here. Uh, I'm not going to do a, a money-saving tip of the week. Uh, it's been a weird week for me, and I, I'm i just not uh, ready to make jokes. So I do want to share a couple things. Uh, one of those, Shep, is I took you guys up, you and Tyler Reed, on the Shake Shack idea. So I went up last week on Wednesday to, uh, I guess it was Beachwood. Do you know where Beachwood is, Shep? Oh, yeah. So I, I got to probably hang out with one of your boys, Bernie Kozar, for like two hours. <laughs> got him to sign some stuff. And as I leave this really nice business office in Beechwood, I look over and I see halos coming through the gray clouds and the rain. And I see a Shake Shack. I'm like, sweet Lord. And if I would have known that the rest of the week was going to be terrible, I would have had two burgers, two fries, and two shakes. This might have been one of my favorite meals of all time. I'm a big steak and shake guy. I like it because it's quick, it's delicious, and they just knock it out of the park with those three items. I got to be honest, man, and I feel a little disloyal here. I think Shake Shack is like steak and shake in a tuxedo. That was uh-huh. amazing. So I got I to thank you from the bottom of my heart, man. I might have to go back there this week as well. Shake Shack and you folks out there, I don't have a money-saving tip of the week. I don't have a money-blowing tip of the week. This is what I would tell everybody. If you want to spend a quality 16 to 18 bucks, go to Shake Shack. Outstanding. The service was great, the food is fantastic. The f- I even took a photo of my food. I've become a 13-year-old girl.
1: Phone it eats was first, Drew. Phone eats first. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing,
0: man. I got the I got the double whatever burger. I'm I'm mm-hmm. basic. I, I said this in the very first episode. I, I'm not an eccentric eater. I got a double cheeseburger. Basically, she rung it up differently than what it was on the menu because I'm a child. Yep. And it was basically a double cheeseburger with lettuce and bacon. Mm-hmm. I mean, God bless America and the fries. Holy hell, those fries were incredible. And the shake. The only thing and it's not even a criticism, it's just I got the cookies and cream milkshake mm-hmm. and that puppy was thick and oh, you yeah. couldn't really like this is going to sound like if you cut it up, you throw it on like a out of context audio. You couldn't really suck it the way you'd like to because you couldn't get it through the straw (laughs) because the damn cookies were so thick and the ice cream was so thick. It took me a little while to get through it. Yeah, I had to get the spoon. But my God, man, I have to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Shake Shack is top shelf, and I applaud the the lady that took my order and everybody there. It was incredible.
1: Shake Shack is the Cadillac of fast foods. Like They (laughs) they are the, the top of the line, like you said. If you like as soon as you said steak and shake, I was like, all right, that's I, I I have a soft spot for them, too. But that's my 99 Ford Contour where it's <laughs> it, where I the car I had, the first car I had. It was your first love as a burger, maybe. Sure, sure. And then you get Shake Shack and you're like, oh, I got some money now. I'm good to go. Let's let's get let's get the the nice yeah. car.
0: Yeah. And and you you have to splurge. I, I don't think yeah. it's a once a week or twice a week thing anymore. But um, no. that's not that's a, of no fault of theirs. You are getting a great value at the Shake Shack. But I think that's a good point. I think I used to work at insurance and I don't know why. I'm just very good at noticing patterns. I noticed a lot of the dumbest accidents and maybe some of the oddest people drove Nissan's. Now, I ask this question to you very quickly. What car do you drive at the moment?
1: Not a Nissan. It's a Kia.
0: Okay, (laughs) nothing against the Kia's. Hmm. But I just noticed that Nissan's always, first of all, seem to be dinged. They're always they look like they just got roughed up and they're always in the weirdest accidents. And some of the people I just didn't like to talk to. But then I see Infinities and they're just Nissans in a tuxedo and they're not much better. But uh, Steak and Shake, I like good value, good price. Shake Shack, man, is the Cadillac of fast foods. I love that. That's a very astute observation. And I'll say this and then we can get into speaking of cars. This might be the perfect segue. I've always I've always kind of thought I'm older than my age or act older than my age. I think a lot of people our age up probably like Beamers or Audi's or Mercedes. I've always kind of liked Cadillacs. I've always loved the CTS V Coupe. And if that makes me sound like I'm 80, then so be it, because <laughs> that is a beautiful vehicle. But I think the Shake Shack is the Cadillac of the fast food restaurants. So if I'm old liking Cadillacs, I like the cars and i like the cadillac of fast food and i just have to thank you again man it was delicious
1: that the next time you go if you can handle a little just a, like a little bit of a spicier sauce get the the smoke stack and that has it still has your it still has your double cheeseburger okay. still has bacon but they add a little that's like red pepper sauce that just gives you a nice little kick to it and then your next milkshake Get the uh, the black and white. It's that's it's what like my a, boss
0: got, and I think I regretted my decision. It's
1: oh, it's excellent. It's basically like drinking a black and white cookie, and and really wow. what like I, I had to look it up to make sure after I had it the last time. Yeah, it's vanilla with fudge.
0: That's what that's what the nice lady told us, yeah. and I was I was a little intrigued, and I I just I'm a cookies and cream guy.
1: That's what I I got the first time I ever had it. When I was in New York city and I had it for the first time, I got the cookies and cream. And then the next time, and I I haven't switched since it's black and white every time for me now.
0: Well, I feel bad, man, because you went to the, the just above average haircut place and you spent 20 bucks on something that I did in five minutes in my shower. Uh, I think I might have you in short. I also might have you in short in another subject, Uh, but I feel bad that you wasted 20 bucks on a haircut that you could have done, or I could have given you, I could have given you the tips on the brew cut and, and you could have gone to Shake Shack this week instead of getting the, the not so super cut. Exactly. I do think it's funny that you use Cadillac as a reference because we were driving up to Beachwood last Wednesday. My boss was the one driving at the time. I was in the passenger seat of this like Sprinter van and it's pouring down rain, the whole drive up. It's like a welcome to Cleveland moment. Of course it's going to rain going to Cleveland. So we're driving up there, and I just, as a passenger, because I'm usually not one, you just look around a lot. I'm looking to see where the hell are we? And this guy's driving like a maniac, and that lady looked somewhat cute as a passenger. And I looked over, (laughs) I looked over to my right. Keep in mind, it's pouring down right. I look over to my right, and I see this green Jeep without doors. Keep in mind, it's pouring down right without doors. And this jabron is wearing like this all green overcoat. It's like a onesie, but for adults. And he's <laughs> he's driving this, this Jeep in the pouring down rain. He's got no doors. And because he doesn't have any doors, he doesn't have any mirrors. Now, he's over to my right, and he's coming onto a, a highway of at least 65 miles per hour. And he's hauling ass in this Jeep. And the the rain and the mist is flying behind his wheels. And I'm like, I told my boss, I'm like, Jeff, look, (laughs) this guy, he's got no doors. It's pouring down rain. This guy's a moron. Like, if you have no doors in a car, I'm just going to say this. Check the weather. And if that's your only car, then you're a moron. I I just don't understand that. But the best part of this, and this is why I had to put him down in the welcome as the doorless Jeep guy, the best part of this whole story was because he had no doors Obviously, he didn't have any mirrors. He had to check to see if he could change lanes. I swear to you, Shep, he leans outside the car, leans outside the car. He's also got like this hood on. Looks like he's going to go paint something. He leans outside the car, looks backwards to see if he can change lanes and then proceeds to change lanes. But it, it was it was hilarious. So the doorless Jeep guy. Uh, I even I even wrote down his license plate. If you see this guy, <laughs> honk at him and, and wave at him. Don't don't flip him off or anything. But doorless Jeep guy made my day. J M Z thirty nine zero one. Say hi to that guy. He might be driving around Beechwood, no doors, and he just looks out the window to change lanes, full head out the window. I I hope and pray, and this is no lie or no joke. I hope he's wearing a seatbelt. Because I'm accident prone. I hit my head all the time. I hit my head on the microwave, the oven, the refrigerator, anything you could think of. The shower. I hit my head on the shower all the time. I hope he doesn't hit his head on something when he's doing these these suicide lane changes. So props to the doorless Jeep guy for comedic relief for brew. And if you see him, JMZ 3901, say hello.
1: I don't know how that car is driving around at that point in October <laughs> in... Northeast Ohio, like that car's made for Malibu. That's where that's supposed to be. You're not right. uh, Who you don't need that unless it's August here. And even still, just use the damn air conditioning. Come on.
0: Am I ignorant? I don't know this. Did he buy that vehicle without doors, or do you take them off?
1: No, I think a lot of those jeeps come like that, which I've never really understood. I don't understand the allure of it, like. Do what you need to make a quick getaway that you can't close, (laughs) open and close the door. I don't understand. I mean,
0: what what purpose of what is the what's the functionality of that vehicle? The only thing that I can think that's all I
1: got. I don't know.
0: Yeah, the only and you can't take anything to the beach because if you leave it in the jeep, they steal it because there's no damn door to stop them. (laughs) I just don't know what what purpose it serves. I I think the only thing it would do is if you really got to take a dump. And you're like, man, I I cannot waste any extra seconds. This has got to be the most efficient and most fluid and most proficient execution from getting into house and out of car and into toilet. That's the only thing. But if you're going to drop $30,000 just because on an off chance, you might have had one too many Shake Shacks and now you got to go shake something else out. That's a dumb that's a dumb decision. I, I don't understand the functionality of that vehicle
1: whatsoever. So if you, a if you have, if you only have one and a half seconds to spare, you're already in trouble though. You're yeah. not going to make it, number one, but number two, as you're ranting, all I can think of is, have you have you seen the movie? I'm going back to the nineties here. The, the the original bad boys. Yes, I Smith, have. Martin Lawrence? that's I have. the intro scene when Mark Lawrence <laughs> is eating his cheeseburger. We brought this full circle here. He's eating his cheeseburger. And he's looking for a cup holder and he goes, $90,000 for a car. And there's no damn cup holder. And that's where we're at right now.
0: <laughs> I just don't get it, man. I, I I I applaud the guy for giving me some laughter. But that might be the money wasting tip of the week. Buy a car with doors. I, I just. And here's the thing. If you want to be a gentleman, which apparently that's not a popular thing anymore. But you can't even be a gentleman if you take a girl out in the Jeep. That's a doorless Jeep. Hey, let me come around and get the door for you. Oh, wait. There's no door. Do it yourself. I remember my mom and we were in high school. I'm like, mom, can we go to like American Eagle and get new jeans? She goes, yes, but I'm not buying you guys any jeans with holes already in them. Mm-hmm. And at the time, my brother like why it's it's cool. Everyone else is doing it. You know, let, we want those jeans. She's like, I'm not doing that. At 34, the doorless Jeep guy just made that point that my mom was trying to make to us more clear. I'm not going to buy something without crap that. Like I already have a couple pairs of jeans like that's because I've sat on my ass for 6 years working in insurance. I have a big asshole, right not I don't have a big asshole. I have a big ass hole in one of my pockets because I just sat there for 6 years and now someone could easily steal my wallet. Why? There's no door just like the Jeep. <laughs> How we were able to pull that in full circle is incredible. I don't know how we flawlessly transition into Ohio State, Iowa. Maybe we blew the doors off
1: Iowa. I'm not sure. There you go. That's what we're going to have to go with.
0: (laughs) That might be how you do it. I'm amazed that Iowa is that bad on offense. I was very impressed that our defense didn't give up stupid points and they didn't really earn anything. They had a field goal. Their defense is incredible. That defense should be awarded every week a game ball and then a hug. Because that's not fair to those guys. And their special teams is really good. If you give them, think about this, man. If you give them Illinois' offense and Iowa's defense and special teams, all of a sudden we've got ourselves a really good West opponent for whoever plays in the Big Ten Championship. That's just my overall thought. I'm I'm shocked. And I feel really bad for those defensive guys. They came out and we were losing at some point because, you know, Captain Jack Sparrow or Jack Campbell or not to be confused with whatever the kid's name was. I know you were at a bachelor party. You might have been uh, drinking a little bit, but you bet. What were your overall thoughts on what I thought was a really good win? I think a lot of people overreacted, but it was a very
1: good win. Well, you and I talk about this every time we, we talk about people's sports reactions in the world we live in whether it's because of gambling whether it's because of fantasy if you don't blow somebody out and beat them by 60 it's not a good win and that's it's beyond true. frustrating because that's not what conference football is all about mm-hmm. Iowa did what they do they punched us in the mouth defensively but like you said I do feel bad for that defense because they have to overcome an offense that we made fun of for a good 20 minutes the last pod
0: by the way we were right
1: we we didn't Jim. make fun of them enough. Like we yeah. did not, we overestimated them because they scored ten and seven were. were I'll, I'll give you six if you want to say the kicker made the extra point. <laughs> a touchdown was from the defense. Like they they did everything they could. They got them a lead and they really held the Buckeyes in check in the first half. You know, if Tommy Eichenberg doesn't have that pick six before the half, mm-hmm. we're going in a half up nine, and you're kind of like. Ugh. On the flip side, never once thought we were going to lose that game, even after the pick six, because they couldn't move the ball physically. To Just to 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 show how impressive Iowa, their their defense is. They they held the Buckeyes to 360 yards. Nobody does that. Ohio State on Saturday against Penn State had 452 yards. And if Mm -hmm. I was quicker, I would have been able to tell you that was probably their lowest output of the entire year, with the exception of maybe Notre Dame. That's impressive.
0: I think I just feel really bad, and I think nepotism is getting in the way at Iowa because I think it's a, a well-run program, but it could be very well run. I saw this, and, and I believe it's true because it's got an author, it's got a byline, it's got a headline, it's got a date. This was dated October the 26th of 2022, and I, me and my dad are headline readers. I think that's how the millennials do it. They just read the headlines. They're like, oh, that's my opinion. Yeah. I just saw this headline, and it kind of proved – Iowa's ineptitude on offense and how great their defense was. So, this is what the headline said ESPN's data proves Iowa would have been more successful punting on every first down at Ohio State. Give that like a second or two to really process. If Iowa gets the football on first down mm-hmm. and then from the rest of the game forward, every time they get the football, they just bring in their great punter, who he's got to be a great punter if you're playing for Iowa at this point. And he just bombs one, and you, you rely on your defense to hopefully stop Ohio State and force them to go a long field. Now, ironically enough, Ohio State in the long field was so much better than in the short field. So I, I watched the game, and I took some notes. And, and I love doing these stats. So listen to this, man. And you might continue to sit down for this because it might bother you, and it, it might almost shock you. In the first half alone, these short drives that our defense actually played great and gave us just incredible field position. And this is what it started to worry me. I'm like, when we get against a good defense, does Ohio State's excellent offense and great coaching staff and great schemes, do they get anxious when a good defense like stops them or slows them down? But listen to these opponents' field position numbers where we started. First drive of the game, first play of the game, Spencer Petras, terrible quarterback. We started at the 29-yard line, plus side of the field. We gained one yard, kicked a field goal. Next one of these, the opponent's 27-yard line, gained five yards, kicked a field goal. If you're doing math at home, that's six yards and six points. The next one. This was after the, the fake, which I don't think was a fake. It was just a misread. And, and again, great awareness. I think Denzel Burke was in there. Uh, what's, what's the name? Uh, not to be confused with Steph Curry, Caden Curry. Great read. Uh, so this was after the, the quote-unquote fake. We started at the plus 34-yard line. We gained 17 yards, another field goal. And the last one, this is all in the first half, plus side 32-yard line, gained 24 yards, another field goal. So the average starting field position on those four instances was at the 30-yard line of Iowa. We gained 47 yards and scored 12 points. That's scary, man. And if you think about it, that's all credit, I think, to Iowa's defense. And I think that proves that headline could be very correct. What if Kirk Ferentz just grows major cojones and goes, you know, we're going to ride this defense. We're going to punt every
1: time. I mean, they honest to God, might be better that way and i know it's again it sounds crazy they had 158 total yards eight first downs and six turnovers they almost had as many turnovers as first downs and i did do some research as you were talking 360 is the lowest output in yards for ohio state this season so iowa's defense absolutely and it was 395 against notre dame so it's that defense is absolutely for real I will say, to, to if you want to spin it positive, at least just for that first half, as as frustrating as that was, later in the season, when we need him, Noah Ruggles having to make a bunch of kicks and actually be used instead of just extra points, these last two weeks is going to come in handy. We are True. going to be happy about this at some point. And, and I think you'll feel the same way as me here, is, yes, we want to kick the crap out of everybody. But at the same time, if you want to get where you want to go, you got to get punched in the mouth a couple of times. You don't just run the table, and I think that's why our offense sometimes sputters when a defense punches us in the mouth because we're so good offensively mm-hmm. that they just go, wait, what? Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be able to touch me. Just, you know, I, I just came from playing pickup basketball. You get a switch, and somebody who you think you're way better than, you try to blow by them, and they they stay with you. Or, like, you know, some guy who's, like, 55 and, and, and like, pretty overweight, and you didn't get, don't get by them. You're like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> that's what happens to our offense, I think, sometimes, where they're just so good, they expect to score every possession. And when they don't, it's a little jarring. The other thing, and and I always say my football teams tend to mirror each other, mm-hmm. and, and the Cowboys and Ohio State actually kind of do right now, is sometimes we get a little too cute on offense, and that's the number one thing when we get to Penn State that, I, that I'll, I'll talk about is just, you kind of overthink it sometimes. Sometimes just, just run the ball, do what you do, spread them out, dink and dunk it if you have to. You don't have to take shots. Take what the defense gives you and just move on.
0: I think the Iowa game alerted me to a couple of things to maybe bring me back down to earth a little bit, and maybe we're not as impenetrable or unbeatable as we thought. One of those comes back to the run game like you said 30 carries for 66 yards i know i was defense is good great excuse me but you're ohio state man i remember when i was at ashland and we've always had when when i was there we always had a very good offensive line and i remember a lot of the coaches said the best pass blocking offensive lines have a very good and quick and aggressive first step backwards But the best offensive lines also have a very good and very quick and aggressive first step forwards. I'm not sure if Ohio State has the best first step forward. I think they're an incredible pass blocking offensive line. They were great last year. I think they've improved this year because some of the guys are in a natural position that they're used to playing. I don't know if we're as tough as we claimed to be after that just memorable drive against Notre Dame. Michigan's good. Michigan's very good. And I I think they're very tough. I think they're very disciplined. They have an identity. And that identity punched us in the mouth, as you said, Shep, and it it whacked us last year. We need to be able to run the ball. I, I know we might have to invert our minds a little bit as Ohio State fans and think, but if you run first, then you can open up the pass. Ryan Day, I think, should be able to pass first to then open up the run. But when you try to run the ball, you have to be able to block. And I would love it. And our buddy that always sends me these texts during the games, which I don't know why he continues to do, because I still don't respond during the game. He does make a point that it would be very nice if CJ on one of these per game on the zone reads, which is keep it. Don't run because they're pressuring you and you have to get away from getting hit. Keep it once because if you know where the ball is going to go, there's no, there's no issue. There's no, there's no pause from a defensive end to try to figure out where the ball is. Just run at 32 or run at three or five or whoever the ball carrier is. I just worry that maybe this run game and this toughness might not be as strong as we thought. And I am a little worried about the defense, at least the back end of it. Um, Cam Brown injury. Is that a phantom injury as well? I, I know they said that Jackson was on a pitch count, and it just so happened to be that his pitch count was up when he hobbled off the field because he reaggravated the injury against Iowa. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me that that's just a pitch count. There's something going on there. We'll talk about that a little bit more when we talk Penn State. Cam Brown, I don't know. Did he get hurt because he got pissed in the Iowa game through his helmet? That's when he got hurt? Because I didn't see him after that. I think they're making right. up injuries.
1: It's been... It's been odd, I, I would say, with some of that. I mean, we, again, we'll talk about Jackson and just, you know, when you have this much talent, sometimes you'll let somebody get off the hook with an injury and say, let's go give somebody else a shot. Um, let me back up your run game stuff, though, and what where it's alarming. The, the last two weeks total, 164 rushing yards in two games. Ohio State hasn't had an output that low in one game yet this season, and that's the last two weeks.
0: Ooh. Boy, that's a punch in the face. Yeah. That's staggering, man. That that's that's not good. And think about it this way. I, I know that's that's a negative. That's just what it is. But it's weird at the same time because we've scored 98 points in the last two games against great defenses, by the way. Now we've also had some help from the defense. I understand. We've forced 10 turnovers in the last two games. Again, God bless Jim Knowles and Beyonce Knowles and anybody else. But we've been outgained on the ground. Each of the last two games. So you're going to tell me that we rushed for like 160 some yards in two games and we still scored 98 points. We only gave up 159 yards on our side in defense, but that's really not a testament to us. That's just doing our job. I mean, you yeah. can't go up against an all time historically bad offense and give up like 300 some. I guess maybe we can lead into Penn State, but also have this discussion like our halftime discussion, mm-hmm. we talked about the injuries. I, I feel really bad for Mayan. and I, I don't know if the the chain gang, as they would call them, maybe he screwed something up. And that was part of why he got hurt. I hope he's okay. Brian uh, day said earlier this week that it's nothing serious, which I don't know if he knows what's going on with his injuries. I don't know if he knows what he's allowed to say about injuries because right. someone's getting hurt every damn week. Mm-hmm. But I bring that up to, to talk about the Jackson Smith and Jigba thing. I love Ryan Day, but that pitch count thing that he said it was when he came out is BS. There's no way that's a pitch count. You cannot tell me. I'm not a big coincidence guy. I, I, I believe what I see. There is no way that someone could convince me to say that on just the play that he runs upfield, I think it was like an out pattern. And he comes up hobbling that that was pitch 20 or 25 or whatever the play count was. I'm not sure what the number was. There's no way. This is this is my thought and I don't know my ass from a hole in the ground on what's really going on I know he was in Florida getting a second opinion on this injury
1: so it's that, that's never good at, at the co- collegiate level by the way no. that's not that's not normal
0: and if you're at a school that doesn't maybe specialize in medicine then maybe you're Different. at Ohio State I mean you go to Ohio State for two things become a doctor or play football. So he's in Florida getting a second opinion this week. Wasn't with the team, didn't practice, wasn't even on the bus, didn't go to Penn State. It could be good and bad. The bad is, this is a hunch. I don't know anything. My gut says he doesn't play the rest of the year. If he tries, it's not a considerable impact or contribution because he's still getting hurt. And you like, bro, how do you know? I don't know. But what I've seen is every time he tries this, it, it doesn't work. And I think that stinks because in his season this year, he's got five catches for 43 yards. Xavier Johnson's got more production. I think it's a testament to that wide receiver room that we came into this year knowing we had the best receiver in the country. We lose him, and I still think we have the best receiver in the country. And that's Marvin Harrison Jr. It's incredible. The
1: the only argument on that is is that Jordan Addison kid from USC who transferred from Pitt. That's the only other guy that if you held the NFL draft right now, that you would take over Marvin. That's it.
0: What about that? Uh, that hooker or not hooker? He's the quarterback. The Hyatt. Um, kid. That's Hyatt, where you meet yeah. the hooker. Yeah, you meet the he, hooker at the Hyatt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's been. It's weird. That's been such a weird season because if he, I I've watched a lot of Tennessee, it's open like he he works himself open, but their offense is very different. Like I have not seen him make all the catches that Marvin's had okay. to make. The highlight, he, he has a lot of touchdowns, yep. but I don't, he, he is not as a complete a receiver. I would say as Marvin,
0: that's fair. I, I just go back to what we had talked about it and Tyler's not able to make the episode this week, just with some, uh, some personal things with his family. So I wish uh, him and his family the best. Uh, so Tyler, if you're listening this week, uh, we're thinking about you, buddy, but we, we mentioned it the last time that the three of us were together that, the offense would just be just, I'll use a Bruce Drennan line. It would just be arousing to think about Jackson Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Ibuka, Julian Fleming, Cade Stover. Throw them all out there and just try to stop any one of them. I just don't see Jackson coming back. If he does, like he's tried to, I think he re-injures himself. And there, there's two then lines of thought after what this theory is of mine. Again, I don't know anything. This is just a hunch. There's two things. One could be good, one could be bad. The bad is we'll never see him play and he'll go he'll go pro. I just hope everyone remembers like his last real impression was that Utah game. And boy, what a lasting impression. But I would say the possibility that could be really good and maybe a little selfish for me and for you and for Ohio state fans is he hasn't put really anything on film as a number one receiver. He easily could be the best slot receiver in the country and he hasn't played this year, but if he wants to kind of prove to the NFL and the scouts and the teams that maybe had interest in him last year, that he could be a number one, there's film that's lacking. So does he think, do I, do I, Invest in myself, come back, put this on film. You know, you know who else did that? Chris Olave. He came back when he easily could have gone pro and he's like, hey, I trust this quarterback who's coming in. I want to help transition him to be a stud. That guy is CJ Stroud. And look what Chris Olave is doing in the NFL. He could easily think I could really benefit down the road and maybe make more money by coming back, getting healthy putting a lot on film as a number one guy. And then you might be, I don't know, drafted like Jamar Chase. So there's there's bad and there's also potentially for really good. And I know it sounds selfish.
1: Yeah, I, I'm going to I'm going to say in my in my head, there's only one thought. I, I I don't think the good happens. Here's why. If CJ was coming back, but CJ is going to go in the top five. So he's not coming back. If CJ was coming back, okay, maybe this group rallies together or maybe they lose a heartbreaker to either Michigan or they lose, it, which I hope to God that's not the case, or they lose in the playoff and they all rally together and say, let's go at it one more time. Okay. I just look at it and I was just pulling up mock drafts as as you were talking there to to make sure I wasn't crazy here. (laughs) We just said, what better receiver in the country, right? Maybe that Addison kid. In today's NFL, you don't necessarily have to be a one and play on the outside. Look at Tyreek Hill every week. He lines up in the slot. That's good you can point. be a number one and play from other spots. And to me, Jackson's still going to go in the top top 10 to 15. Okay, The money's not that different. Sure. And in the NIL does give you a shot at it, right? To say, all right, you do make a boatload of money by staying here. The only way to me he stays is if he's one of those kids that's like I want to be in college because I like college is awesome and I like being the big man here. Yeah, and I haven't heard anything like that, so I'm going to go on the assumption that he gets the advice of don't reinjure your hamstring. You don't want to fall down draft boards in April because if your hammy's still an issue next fall, mm-hmm. that's a problem for NFL teams or really. At the wide receiver position, that's a problem if you can't make minicamp because wide receiver. I mean, we've seen guys that have gone in the first round that haven't done a damn thing this year. Traylon Burks, it got hurt, but he still hasn't done anything for them. I mean, not, receivers that go in the first round sometimes struggle, and you know, unless you're an Ohio State Buckeye, then you tend to be all right. <laughs> we've seen that so far this year. Yeah, and because of the pedigree of what those guys are all doing in the pros, though, that's going to keep him up there too. So, I, I, to me. I think he's gone. Personally, I, I hope I'm. I hope we're wrong, and I hope we're. I don't. I don't give a damn about next season. I I hope he's back this year, sure. even if it's pitch count the rest of the way, or he doesn't come back until Michigan, and you get what you get out of him, or he's just like almost like a trade deadline acquisition that you get <laughs> to use for bowl season, right? If you can yeah. use him in the college football playoff because he now gets to sit the next two months, the the tough part is what do you do with him now though? Yeah. North, you play at Northwestern. You got Indiana at home. We're not scared about those. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not as scared about Maryland as you, because of the fact that that's not a team that I, I think can stop our running game. The only teams I that hope. tend to be able to beat us is when they can stop the run. And if you if you make it one fair. dimensional, that's, that's when you fair. beat the ball.
0: Maryland just scares me for uh, three reasons. One, I'm going. Two, yeah. I just it's the week before Michigan. And three. Their receivers against. I'm still really questioning our secondary. Is it going to be like that 52 to 51 game in in 2018? That's what scares me. I'll say this last thing about Jackson, then we'll talk Penn State. I hope everyone remembers that Jackson Smith and Jigba is still one of the best receivers to ever play at live State. I don't think anyone has the right to question if he wants to be out there. Okay. I don't think he's checked out and he's just looking at dollar signs. He wants to be there. Mm -hmm. I think the reason he got that second opinion is he wants to play and he wants to be healthy and he wants to contribute and he wants to maybe help this team, not only beat Michigan, but win a national championship. The window is open for this team to win it right now. And I, I I would never question the fact that he does or doesn't want to be here. And if he decides, you know what, I got to pull the plug to, you know, look out for my future as an NFL player and, and work on getting healthy and make sure that I don't cost myself millions and really, Financial freedom for the rest of your life. I'll never second guess that. It sucks as a selfish, maybe Ohio State fan. But that's just because, I mean, this This team has it built for what Shep and I remember was it feels a little bit like 2019. I don't think our defense is that good, but it feels like this is that type of special team with everybody all together that we we could be hoisting a trophy and costing me a lot of money in memorabilia.
1: You can, if Jackson decides that that's the right course of action for him. And and I mean, if Jackson decides after a doctor also basically decides, right. You can be pissed as an Ohio state fan and just like down that he's not coming back Mm -hmm. while also understanding it's the right thing for his future. I hope so. I I, I hated when it first all started with bowl games, right. And people would opt out of the, the outback bowl or something. I was like, man, this kind of sucks. And yeah, guys that did it though. Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette, they've made a boatload of money. And who knows? Maybe they would have got hurt. You never know. And and the flip side of that is Jalen Smith, right? Like, he plays in his big bowl game, tears up his knee, costs himself millions of dollars. Yeah, exactly. And then he goes and plays for my Cowboys because my teams just, you know, tend to mirror each other. (laughs) Uh, I I understand it. I'm I'm not saying I would would be that same way. But when you have one shot at making life-altering money, Mm -hmm. you take it. I I would I would right now I I if somebody told me right now you can't recruit for St Bonaventure anymore and you can't call any more basketball games because you have that you need to save your voice because you have the chance to go do this and you're going to get drafted in like the announcer top ten or some crap
0: you can replace Jim Nance doing March Madness
1: done I love the Bonnies more than anything in the world and I'm gone that yeah. like that's just that's just that's just how it would work and that's like trying to give a real world example to how you could be in this setting.
0: Yeah, I I really hope. Fan is short for fanatic, and sometimes it's code for idiot. I just hope that they realize, yeah, you can be, as a fan, bummed that one of the best players in Ohio State program history may not be there for you to help, hopefully, win a national championship. You can be bummed about that, and I think you have every right to be. But what you shouldn't do is cross that line and start getting on him and questioning him and saying, how selfish of you? Because right. if you think that he's selfish for doing that, but then your boss, like you said, Shep, with the with the Bonnie example, if anyone comes up to me, and is like, bro, I'll give you a million bucks every year for the rest of your life. Don't work again. I'm not working again. I'm just not doing it. There's no way. Why? Because I'm already financially set. I don't need to go and spend my time to make this money to pay for a house. I already got it that yeah. this is you know what that is. It's called retirement, folks. Yeah. That's what you do. Why would someone that's worked their butt off for 35 years continue to work when they're financially set where they can go live their life? It, it's like George Carlin. Remember, remember our guy, George. Yeah. If you if you live it in reverse, you've already got all this money and you're healthy and they're telling you you have to leave the nursing home because you're fine. That's why you retire. That's yeah. the American dream. The American dream is not the white picket fence and coming here and working your butt off and be dead in 40 years because you're exhausted. The American dream is hitting the jackpot. And I need to start playing the mega millions so I can live the American dream. Yeah. So I that, do hope
1: that original American dream is a lie, right? It's a lie to make sure we keep working. <laughs> yeah. We we don't live to work, we work to live. That, oh, that's you and how- me both. of people operate and it's this like old school mentality that people were programmed to think like, Nope, I'll be bored in retirement. If I'm not working, screw that. Give me a golf course. I'll never be bored. I mean, come on.
0: I will never wear pants again. I will say I, if, if I started retirement now, I would save so much money on clothes. I would wear the same thing every day.
1: I would, I would love to never wear a belt again. As long as I'm alive, (laughs) that would be the best thing ever. No belt. (laughs) No, no, no ties. None of that crap. If I could like light no. that all on fire and just say, yeah, I'm wearing stretchy pants and playing golf every day and then I'm watching sports and gambling all night. Hell yes. Sign me up tomorrow.
0: I mean, that's that's the life. That's the yeah. uh, guys we it's just described the American dream.
1: Yeah, that's the I mean, real American dream, but they don't want you to figure out,
0: you know, uh, some people don't like the guy, but, you know, make America great again. Let's make the American dream great again. That's how you do it. We do need to talk Penn State because that game was just wild. And I I need to start out by saying this. I'll still say to anybody that tries to tell me or Shep or anyone else that has a, a passion and a fire that burns inside of them for a team or something. It doesn't matter if it's sports or not. But for me, it's Ohio State football. For Shep, it's Ohio State football as well. No one can look me in the eye and tell me that my passion is crazy and that you should scale back, and that you shouldn't care about a win or a loss, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And if if someone tries to convince you, Shep, or convince me of that, let them go. You don't need them in your life. Why? Because that's it's kind of who you are. And if they're going to try to tell you to be different, screw them. So I'll say this. Two things about that Penn State game. Ohio State football for me is the ultimate morale boost. Mm-hmm. Stuff happened over the last couple of days. I needed that Ohio State win. And not only did JT Tui with his one of the best all-time single individual performances I've ever seen, maybe offense or defense. Not only did he teach me how to say and spell his name correctly. The morale boost that he and that team gave me over the weekend was incredible. So I'm just going to thank Ohio State football. I know a lot of people are like, oh, the bubble screens were frustrating, which they were. The coaching and maybe the play calling was off. It was. But like you said earlier, Shep, we won. I don't know if you guys forgot the 2002 team. It never looked pretty. Sometimes it's, it's good to go to prom with a date and just leave with the same date. Sometimes she's not the prettiest, but if she's a nice person and she makes you feel happy and you leave hand in hand, when you walked in as when you're walking out, that's a win. And sometimes you should accept the win. Perfectly happy with the win. Were there things I'd like to see improve? Absolutely. But JTT really helped me with the morale boost. And I, I have a list on my phone of games that I've cried afterwards. That's been added to the list. It was a good one. It, It was, it was a wild range of emotions. A twenty-eight point fourth quarter. We passed a road test, and I really think that was the last hurdle before the biggest one, being Michigan, at the end of this month. But man, I know you got to watch it like in a quick review. Where do you start? Because I don't know where to start because there was just a lot of good that overshadowed. I think a lot of bad.
1: I'm going to start with my, the the at the end of the day, a win is a win by reading some games that the number one, the current number one in the college football playoff, the ten, the Tennessee Volunteers, and the number three who play each other this weekend, the Georgia Bulldogs, have played this year. And you don't hear their fans crying and complaining that you mm-hmm. didn't blow a team out. And, and one of these was actually catastrophic. Georgia, September... I'll get to the catastrophic one in a minute. September 10th, they beat Samford 33-0. That probably was a little <laughs> bit like... Disappointed they didn't just yeah. kick that. I mean, they did, but like they didn't bury him. <laughs> Kent State scored 22 points against Georgia. Georgia still stayed number one in the country. The next week at Missouri, Missouri should have beaten them. And Georgia only won 26-22. And again, stayed up at the top of the rankings. It's okay. You survived. Is it alarming a little bit? And we'll talk about what's alarming. Sure. But that is some of what I'm talking about. Tennessee, a team that I think people think can go in, in between the hedges here and, and upset the Bulldogs, they went to overtime at Pitt on September 10th. They needed <laughs> yeah. overtime to win that game. Neither team was ranked when that game happened, I believe, and Tennessee's where they are. They beat Tennessee beat Florida by five. Nobody thinks Tennessee's very good. And, and so it just – sometimes the team has your number. They know how to play you. And, again, my only, like, real takeaway – is I am starting to become concerned about the running game. Like, yes, mm-hmm. you said the bubble screen thing. That's that's not our offense. Why are we doing that? Like, I have no go idea. go at them. Maybe you're a little scared of Joey Porter, but guess what? We have our own guy in Marvin Harrison too. That you don't need to be afraid or throw to the other side. Then instead of just running <laughs> bubble screen, it, that that made no sense to me. That's what teams do that can't run the football, right? Like that is yeah. – you You watch it every Sunday. You'll have a couple teams that can't run the football. They flip those bubble screens out there to try to be the extension of the running game.
0: Yeah. I, I don't I like don't,
1: that. I don't like it. That's Our athletes are too athletic. <laughs> you also run a bubble screen when you have receivers that can block. Like you know who's good at running bubble screens? The Arizona Cardinals. Why? DeAndre Hopkins is a great blocker. You, when you have that great blocking receiver – you can run that kind of stuff.
0: I think a big void of that part, maybe, of the offense is missing because Jackson Smith and Jigba is an underrated blocking receiver. Yes. I think Julian Fleming is a very good blocking receiver. Marvin Harrison, not the best. That's okay. He's yeah. he's the best receiver in the country. There's going to be something he's not proficient at. I just want to read some of these point totals because I find it still funny that a lot of Ohio State fans are complaining when you hear these numbers. I'm going to read just the wins over almost the last two full seasons. Point totals, 44, 54, 49, 49, 52, 77, 45. I skipped one for a reason. 48, 56, 59. Skipping another one for a reason. 33, 54, 66 52 59 41 45 Guys we have an excellent offense I mm-hmm. skipped two for a reason one the first one was Notre Dame we scored 21 points and that was a statement win against I still would argue a great defense the other and, one that and I And Notre
1: scored, Dame's figured it out by the way like they they, I think they, they are winners of I, I want to say four straight they can't lose on the road all of a sudden they actually are going to be a tough test for Clemson this weekend
0: I agree the other one that I skipped, it was 26. And that was at Nebraska last year. And that's why I'm worried because I was at that game last year. That's why I'm worried about Maryland. But we other than that, if something happens, against I Maryland. swear to you, I'm going to I'm going to call Porter. <laughs> I'm like, dude, if we have the, the Tums that we have to take mid second, mid third quarter, I'm just going to have to kill our big 10 road game every year idea. Yeah. But we had 26 in that game. Other than that, the lowest point total was 33. Can you ask any team in the country? They're like, I would kill to score 33 points. as like a high. That's our low. So, yes, there were some frustrating things. I think the run game can be a cause for concern. When? Michigan. Mm -hmm. Because the blueprint was laid last year. That's very concerning to me. Uh, The defense, I think when you... Put a tuxedo on a turd, some people forget that it stinks because, oh, look how nice it is. Yeah, but it smells like ass. Uh, JT's tuxedo of just a stat line to f- never be forgotten. There were some issues there. The fact that we got outgained in the passing game by Sean Clifford, Sean Clifford, the big red dog, outpassed CJ Stroud, which, by the way, only threw seven incompletions, CJ. Mm-hmm
1: the college living narration of Andy Dalton literally every movement <laughs> facial expression hair like everything about Sean Clifford just screams he's Andy Dalton he is and, and i mean i texted you last week i said there's no way he's going to beat us and i thought i was, was going to be an idiot for yeah. for 3 quarters yeah
0: yeah and then uh, it's jtt uh, first i i tweeted the other day first it was jt barrett now there's jtt i mean i don't know what it is about jts against penn state but i'm i'm glad that that we have him on our team yeah. I, I just think that the defense, when you allow Sean Clifford to throw for three seventy one, and then we got outrushed again, as we kind of already alluded to, that's a little concerning to me. Again, Penn state's defense is good. Michigan's defense, very good. And they are tough and they are physical and they will try to run it down our throats. Mm-hmm. I will say this though, as we talked a little bit about Hayden hooker, Hendon hooker, whatever, what not to be confused Hendon. with hooker on the side of the road. Um, I did think that CJ had a Heisman moment and it's not going to be one that everyone's just going to point to. That's an obvious one. It was after one of the turnovers that JT had. I, I don't, I can't remember which one he had too many, but I think some of those throws that he made on that drive that ended in a touchdown pass to Cade Stover, which by the way, reminded me of the Benjamin Victor touchdown at Penn state. When we came back to win, I think that was in 2018, the Dwayne Haskins here. I think, CJ had some under-the-radar Heisman moments. The numbers aren't going to pop out to everybody that didn't watch the game, but when you lead a team the way he did, I know he had some issues too. Let's not overlook the end of the first half and the three delay of games. Let's not overlook those. But 26 of 33 for 354 and a touchdown, and oh, by the way, a victory. I think that was an under-the-radar Heisman moment. And if Georgia beats Tennessee this week, I think C.J.'s back in the driver's seat for the Heisman. If Tennessee wins and, and Hooker plays even just average, it might be his. I, I, I truly believe that.
1: I, I agree. If, if if Tennessee wins the game, even if it's in spite of Hooker, I think he's going to win the Heisman because to go in into Georgia as eight-and-a-half-point dogs. And then remember, he'll probably get Alabama in the SEC championship game then too, so get another crack at them. It might be his. I'll go a step further. If they lose to Georgia the way they beat Alabama, you know, that 48 49 type of game. Yeah. DJ might not be able to win the Heisman because I don't know sure. that he's throwing six touchdowns against Michigan. I, I hope so. I hope that game looks like that. But I, the way Michigan wants to run the football, yeah. they could impose their will again. And I'm not saying they win the game, but they could change things a little bit. So it, it'll be interesting how this goes, because I, I would say Hooker is the front runner now and has past him, and, and we both have been over. I, I would love it for him if he could win it. Sometimes I don't like when I, when a guy wins it when you want to win a national championship because they, they pull a Troy Smith. Yeah, bingo. <laughs> yeah. You, you get on the banquet circuit, circuit and you, you put on some weight, and yeah. sometimes I like the idea of, like, all right, Hooker wins it, we play against Tennessee, and then it's CJ's back. got something, a little chip on his shoulder, and there you go.
0: I I think it'll be interesting just to see how this competition plays out between, I I really think it's the two of them. Some people say it's still Bryce young
1: because of his injury. I think he would really have to, they'd have to run the table, but I mean, LSU, even though that is a big game on Saturday, he'd have to like throw six touchdowns against them to me and then go beat Georgia or Tennessee in the sec championship game. And realistically, it'd be more impressive if it was Georgia. Right. and he went nuts against them and even still you miss a couple games your numbers just aren't as good so a lot of mm-hmm. times because these guys are throwing so many touchdowns i mean between cj and hooker i'll, I'll get the i'll get the numbers here cj 29 29 touchdowns he's tied for first i have a hunch it's with hendon hooker who he's tied with <laughs> uh and that's that just tells you right there it's going to be really hard no, oh, no, Hendon Hooker's only thrown for twenty-one, but I'm sure there's some rushing touchdowns. He's only got in one interview. pick though, too. Yeah. He's By got the one way, pick. what do you
0: think our over/under has been so far? on using the word "hooker" on the episode,
1: today? I know, right? If you catch us out of context, it's, <laughs> it's it's not good. We are not soliciting. I swear to God.
0: Yeah, we're up to eleven hookers on the episode tonight. Eleven <laughs> hookers, and you can all meet at the Hyatt.
1: You know, it's got to be really interesting when you get anybody with a last name that could be taken out of context. Just because, like, you have to think about. I mean, and you've done this from from announcing games oh. over the years. You have oh. to think sometimes about certain names and how you how you say what you're gonna say, and that, just to make sure there's no innuendos. You don't yeah. slip. Like you have slip? to watch that. And like I have, but, a... but on the flip side, it leads to like some funny, like somebody like Ian Eagle saying something crazy that just is hilarious. So. I have like, like have my to... favorite eye eagle call and it's so it's so like Disney movie clean okay. Was when the ball got stuck and he calls it a wedgie always and it was in Brooklyn. So he <laughs> goes, oh, a Brooklyn wedgie. It's so funny, but it, it's so stupid. It, it's great.
0: Which your job for the next like two minutes after I tell this short story is to keep me back or bring me back on track. So I, I just have an idea on how either of these two kids could win the Heisman. That, yep. That's where you need to bring me back to because a lot of the time I'll talk and I forget okay. how I got there. <laughs> but when you were talking about names and as an announcer, you, your your job is to not only get their names correct, but then just do your job. Yep. I had one time in my career where I purposefully, purposely, maybe that's why I'm not doing radio. What's the word? Purposely, yes. Where I purposely mm-hmm. said a person's name wrong because of how they pronounced it. So I was at Ashland doing football and basketball games. This was a women's basketball player at the University of Findlay. Big rival for Ashland. Ashland, Findlay. They don't go together. And I learned that this past week again. Um, Her name was spelled her first name. K-A-R-L-I. Not hard. Carly. Last name was spelled B-O-N-A-R. It was pronounced. uh, Well, you get it. Like, yeah. Yep. You got it. So I asked, you know, as a as a good play-by-play guy would do, if you don't get a pronunciation guide or if you get one and you're worried about how you pronounce mm-hmm. the last name of B-O-N-A-R. We've already said hooker. We can't say the other word. Well, yep. I think people are smart enough to put the pieces together. Yep. But I asked like their A.D. or, or somebody. Hey, how do you say this this girl's last name? Just curiosity. And he told me. I'm like, holy hell. So I walked back up to the rafters of Finley. I'm like, yeah, I'm not saying that. There's no way. Because as professional as I am, I'm also a child. I still think farts are hilarious. So if I'm going to have, and she was a great player, by the way, she was a starter and she was a three-point specialist. So if (laughs) how am I going to say that name six, seven times? Let's say she scores 20 points. Let's just say she makes 10 field calls. I got to say that last name 10 times without laughing. And I do the games by myself. So if I start laughing, I start making myself laugh because I think I'm funny. and I'm the only one that does. I'm I'm done. And I probably get fired because Ashland has Judeo-Christian values. You can't say that on the air. I I couldn't. So I pronounced it Bonar. And I was very, very slow in saying that because, you know, what's going to slip out. But Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't I couldn't do that. That's the only time that I got the pronunciation wrong on purpose. I'm not saying that on the air
1: i'll give you one here um i was just i had to look it up to remember umass has a guy named trent b-u-t-t-r-i-c-k buttrick but if you if you aren't quick enough it, it's just it's a very it's again we're children and you see a name and you just go wow that's and you almost instantly feel bad right because you're like this kid's definitely t- t- taking a bunch of of teasing and ribbing when he was young yeah. so you just yeah you have sometimes that it, it happens <laughs> and you have to you have to catch yourself and just make sure.
0: It just feels like we're going back to our conversation of the best NIL names.
1: Oh yeah, like I, from we
0: could, a couple shows ago.
1: Yeah, we'll 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 get a uh-huh. basketball one going at some point this year. Yeah, <laughs> with college hoops starting this week, which is just insanity to me that it's November.
0: I'm just trying to think of other names. I but yeah, I, I couldn't say. Let's,
1: let's go back to the Heisman because I know we could do this yeah. for five hours <laughs> with hilarious names.
0: Hey, you know what? It's Hendon Hooker's fault. It's yes, his. Fault. It is. So screw him. He, he, he also so sounds glad like a Civil
1: War him. general. Like, I feel like he was yeah. leading an army at some point.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Straight to the Hyatt. Yeah. <laughs> I just, oh God. Yeah. Carly Bonar was her name. Back to the Heisman. Thank you. I appreciate that. It'll be interesting to see the Heisman voters and what they value. Do they value the ultimate Heisman moment that everyone watched and appreciated? And I think outside of Alabama, enjoyed. Or do they look at numbers? Because over the next three weeks, CJ could maybe in a half put up some incredible numbers. He's at, what, 29 touchdowns now, so he's below that four touchdown per game pace that I told you guys last episode. He could easily get that back and then some. Northwestern's terrible. The only thing that's going to slow down CJ and that offense at Northwestern this weekend is the grass. That's it. It's real grass. It's going to be grown up probably two feet high as if it's Fitzpatrick. What the hell is his name? Not to be confused with Ryan Fitzpat uh, Fitzgerald. Not to be yeah, confused with go. Larry Fitzgerald. What the okay. hell is his first name? Pat. Pat.
1: There you go. There you yep. go. Good Lord. Um, I kept wanting to say Scott and I'm like, that. nope, I'm pretty sure he yeah, wrote the national can... anthem or something like that. So no.
0: <laughs> Hi, the... Remember in Ted too, since we talked about Ted with Kevin? F. Scott Fitzgerald.
1: What does yes, Scott Fitzgerald it. do
0: to you? <laughs> yeah. What's his name? Francis. No, it's definitely... Mm. That's one of the best (laughs) all-time... Oh, that's great. But I got to stay on topic. CJ easily over the next three weeks could put up incredible Heisman-like numbers. I know it's against terrible teams, but what's more important now to Heisman voters? The ultimate Heisman moment, Tennessee versus Alabama, just the whole game, Hooker played incredible. Or do you go overall body of work? Maybe the two teams are undefeated. I, I just... It'll be interesting. I hope CJ plays well. Again, I don't really care if he wins the Heisman Trophy if we win a national championship. If he comes in second and he's in New York again, like he was last year, and he comes up short, but we win the national championship, he's still a legend. And you can't take anything away from him. It might just be that the schedule wasn't the best for us where he couldn't get that moment like Troy Smith had against Michigan or Penn State
1: that's what I was going to say. The last thing I'll say about the Heisman, because there's still a few weeks to go with this, right? Is at the end of the day, though, if there's a tie, as much as we hate SEC bias, Hendon Hooker's played a better schedule. He's got better chances to have those moments, and he already has one. Beating Alabama the way they did is a huge leg up, in my opinion, versus, you know, our best win being either a Notre Dame team who went on to play terribly after we beat them, or this Penn State team who just got shellacked by Michigan. Yeah. So it really, I don't want to say cheapens something like that, but also, at the end of the day, CJ threw one touchdown on Sunday. Sure. And that's the type of stuff that those kind of voters are going to look at. And everybody's got their own criteria for something like that. But I, I think he really does need the stat-filling game, and then at the at the end of the day, he's going to have to tear up Michigan to leapfrog Hooker, unless, you know, Hooker could throw four picks on on Saturday. And Leap, frog, if he, if he yeah. plays terribly on Saturday and they struggle and Georgia dominates them, well, you know, they went 42-20 and we find out Tennessee's a pretender, I don't think that's what's going to happen. But if it does, that changes things. Leapfrog Hooker. That's funny.
0: Uh, <laughs> talking Heisman really quick. And, again, I don't think the, he's going to win it. But he had a Heisman-like day, and that was JT Molo Al. I'll just say this because everyone's like, "I," that might be the best defensive performance I've ever seen. That was like a Bosa or that was like a Chase Young. It wasn't. It was better than any of them. I think the closest one, and I don't know who said it, but it was close, but it comes in second. It's the silver medalist, was the Chase Young four sack game in 2019 against Wisconsin when he had one in each quarter. That's close. JT's was better, and it's not even close. JT had as many touchdowns as CJ on Saturday against Penn State. And he, he just willed our team to victory. I, I don't think if his stat line was just any less than what it was, we may lose that game. So we talked about CJ and the Heisman Trophy. But JT, if you get a Heisman Trophy for the week, it goes to Tui Moloow.
1: It's like when you play NCAA and you have the Heisman moment classic score. <laughs> the moment matters. And that's why 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 JT's... Defensive performance ranks higher than any of those other guys because the moment itself and when he did it and how clutch it was. That's the defining part for me.
0: Ohio State over the last two weeks has delivered two, I think, good wins uh, by the margin and the scores we put up. Shep and I can't be too upset. There are some things they would need to improve if we're looking down the road to early January. But at 8 no man, all we can do is celebrate. We also got to celebrate this, too. Uh, at the end of the show, you always hear kind of the close where I always say, you know, it's not about the people you meet, but it's about the company you keep. Uh, I truly mean that. And uh, Shep, I just want to thank you here publicly for just your friendship. And over the last, I don't know, five, six days, uh, you just, as we've said a few times, you just giving a shit. Uh, I really didn't want to do this episode this week. But then I was like, I don't want to let you down and all nine people that may listen this week. So I think when you said, hey, let's just do this and let's have some fun. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate you. And uh, I appreciate the Buckeyes winning the damn game. So I know we haven't drank yet. I haven't cracked open the uh, the traditional sound. Uh, I wasn't going to, but I figured, you know what? Let's not let whatever happened last week affect the product here on the field, you know? So to JT Tuimolo, because I'm going to be saying that name very clearly. It's not going to be like Carly Bonar, it's going to be very clear. <laughs> but to JT Tuimolo, CJ Stroud, Marvin Harrison, and all those Buckeyes that saved my ass this weekend, this one's for you. And That's the funny part sound. is, the funny part is, I told Shep before we started this last segment, I need to go get a beer and I come up here and I keep in mind, I wasn't going to drink at all on this episode and I opened the first one. I'm like, damn it. I needed to have the sound effect. So I had to go get a second one. So I wasn't going to drink any of them. Now I'm obligated to drink two. You ever see jungle to jungle? Oh yeah. Remember Mimi Siku, which roughly translates to cat piss and he learns like English from Tim Allen and he goes, What what mean obligated? And he goes, well, it's when you have to do something you don't really want to do. Later on in the movie, he goes, oh, I was just obligated. He goes, you obligated to be with me. I'm now obligated to drink two beers when I did not want to drink anything. I had a water and a Gatorade, for God's sake. So that's what happens when you get to get home from a Browns game at 3 a.m. and can't sleep till six. So I I blame the Browns. So I just in all seriousness, chef, thanks for just you. As I said, give it a shit. Your friendship, and again, anyone that says Ohio State doesn't mean anything. This football team kept us friends, and then you just caring about me over the last six days means a lot to me. So I really appreciate you, my friend.
1: Yeah, you bet, brother. Love love you, man. Always happy to be there for you. And and you know, sports. I, I I've said this for years to people who don't understand like why people care. It's not always just about the game. It's about the relationships. And on the flip side. It's also just a distraction from life. Life sucks. Like there's so many stressful things. I would give anything. And I work in college admissions. I would give anything to trade with these kids that are in high school about to go to college. I would give anything to just go relive that college experience and have no responsibilities, no bills, no tough decisions. Just, hmm, what what crappy beer am I going to drink on Friday night? That sounds awesome. I know. So sports always give you that, that outlet, right? And when it works – It works, and I'm glad the Buckeyes did that for you on Saturday.
0: Yeah, and I'll say this, and I don't want to get too deep into it. It doesn't have to be sports for you. If someone's out there listening and they love crafting, and that's your thing, go all in. Be passionate about it. And if someone gives you a hard time over that, eliminate them from your life Mm -hmm. because it sounds like they're trying to change you and make you someone you're not. And if Ohio State lost this past weekend, I'll be the first to admit, whether I had a great week or a terrible week, it would have ruined my weekend. Mm -hmm. And anyone that says that's terrible or it's immature or your perspective is off in the the world, it's not. Because I do realize that there are more important things in life. But as you said, sports are a distraction. And it's something I care about. And if someone's kid got bullied at school, the parents are going to feel the same pain, maybe more than the kid. Why? Because they care about their kid. So Ohio State's not my child. It is weird, I think, and it's also unfair to put my morale and my outlook on a day or a weekend or a week on the shoulders of 18 to 21-year-olds. That's a little weird, and, I, and I'm not even going to argue that fact.
1: Yeah, it's fair.
0: But I would also say that there is a lot more to sports for Shep and I than just the scores, and it's, it's not just a game. You know, I, I've said it a handful of times. Shep and I aren't friends without Ohio State football, or at least right. to this degree. Oh, I remember, Shep. We used to work together, yeah. and we just tell we, stories. We would have the
1: occasional, like when Bruce Jenner retired, we would have we would have reconnected then.
0: Bingo. So you can make fun of us all you want and say that you shouldn't care or it shouldn't ruin your weekend, or how dare you like put that pressure on those kids. I will just say this as respectfully as I can. I don't need those people in my life. And if you're one of those... Well, there's the message, and you've listened to it here first. So, Shep, I appreciate you. I appreciate the fact that you do care. And as I guess I famously said, you too give a shit. Moving forward, as I have both beers, I'm double fisting here. I've only got the one koozie. I was going to go zero fisting, and now I'm double fisting. So we have trivia, as we usually do, as I've always said on now 22 episodes. We have a game at the end of the show. That is co-host specific, and you guys might know the game by now. It's called Stump the Shep. Uh, as we said, Tyler was not able to make it this week just with some family stuff going on on his side of things. So, again, we're thinking about him, and hopefully Tyler and his family are doing okay. So we're just going to try to stump Shep alone. There's no gambling this week. I did have the Shake Shack afterwards. I think, uh, Shep, you might owe Tyler, but that you don't have to worry about it. He's yeah. not here to collect, so you're fine. Yeah. But this week we have five questions. And it is on a round, the theme of Ohio state and Penn state and their, and their series or their history. So we have five questions. I always put down on the sheet Shep, that you want to try to go for four of five. Would you like to try to go four for five this week? Or would you like to try a different number? You want to try yeah, five for five for four?
1: Let's say, let's say four, because I refuse to say 60% at three for five is winning because it, it doesn't feel like you're winning, but We'll try for four for five and see what happens.
0: Okay. I'm, I'm glad you didn't say five for five because then I think no. it would just make me more mad about the Wendy's thing. So <laughs> I just, the big, you can market it all you want. You can call it a biggie bag and Reggie Bush can dress up as French fries, but it's still a ripoff. That, that's the last <laughs> thing I'll say. So you're going to go four or five. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Let's, let's give it a shot.
0: All right. Four or five. Shep is going for this week in stump the ship. It's Ohio state and Penn state series. Trivia. Question one. Back in 2006, Ohio State beat Penn State at home 28 to six. Which player did not have a pick six in that football game? Was it A, Malcolm Jenkins, not to be confused with Michael Jenkins? Was it B, Donald Washington, not to be confused with George Washington? Or C, Antonio Smith?
1: Oh, wow. That is a, you're really taking me back there real fast. Um, Let's go with B, Donald Washington, complete guess.
0: And that is a correct guess. Donald Washington. I remembered
1: the Jenkins one. That was the first one and then once you said Smith and I was like, "Wait a minute. I feel like he jumped a short pick six potentially then too."
0: If I'm if I'm not mistaken, I think Donald Washington might have had a pick six against Texas that year or maybe Ooh, just an interception. Uh, and I actually had to look up another corner. Cause I remember those two Malcolm yeah. Jenkins was the first one and Antonio Smith. It was, a, it was almost an easy interception. I just thought he would never get to the end zone. I'm like, dude, yeah. run, go
1: <laughs> move your ass. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. He, 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 his speed was like a linebacker playing safety. Always.
0: I don't know if you could use the word speed. I think he yeah, just exactly. Moved.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> like when I ran down to get the beer and I ran back up the steps, I fell. That's not speed. That's just careless. <laughs> I think Antonio Smith, he just moved. But yes, you're <laughs> correct. Donald Washington was the guy that did not have a pick six in 06 against Penn State. Number two, in Stump the Shep, Shep is one for one. This is true or false. This is A or B. It's it's not hard to figure this one Sometimes out.
1: Sometimes these ones freak me out even more.
0: In the 31-24 double overtime win at Penn State in 2014, JT Barrett had more rushing attempts and more rushing touchdowns Than passing attempts, and passing touchdowns. Was that true or false?
1: I'm going to say true, but if it's false, I'm going to kick myself. But I'm going to say true.
0: Well, don't kick yourself, my friend, because you're correct again. You are two for two. It is true. JT in that game, it's a wild box score. It is unreal. He had 20 rushing attempts for 75 yards and two touchdowns on the ground and went 12 of 19 for 74 yards, a touchdown and two picks through the air. And we
1: won. Right. The, the reason I was like, uh, I don't know if it was the next year, I would have said definitely because that was his best year as a passer. Well, we kind of thought he was a pocket passer, and then it he was. turned into just this like like run-up-the-middle quarterback that, that oh. Urban turned him into at times. So, um, all right, I'll take it, though.
0: He had more attempts, yards, and touchdowns on the ground than pass attempts, yards, and touchdowns through the air that's unreal crazy i mean that's that's and we won i mean god bless him and then that was that was the bosa where he tackled some poor excuse of a running back and christian hackenberg he's Mm -hmm. he's awful there's a reason hack is in his last name (laughs) number three shep is two for two he's not a hack he's playing very well number three and stump the shep is this in ohio state's historic comeback win over penn state in 2017 How many consecutive completions did JT Barrett have to conclude the game? Is it A, 16, B, 17, or C, 18?
1: So those are higher than the number that popped in my head. The first number that popped in my head was 12. Okay.
0: Now, I will say this. I'll give you this. In the fourth quarter alone, he had 13 of them. So you're close, like, when the number popped in.
1: That's where I'm thinking. Okay. What? uh... Ugh. Can I can I can I use the 50-50 here if this is if this is uh Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Because there's yeah. one number I think it might be.
0: What I'll do is I'll take out the middle one. I'll leave 18 for Marvin Harrison and I'll leave 16 for JT's jersey number. I'll take 17 out.
1: See, that's the number I thought it wasn't. So that okay. makes a lot of sense as I, okay. I knew it was an even number. <laughs> I'm trying, and then I'm starting to get into like I'm reading the defense here with the way you your questions. You tend to like it to be the higher number. I feel like I'm going to go with 18 uh, as my answer.
0: That is 16. incorrect. Damn it. It's
1: 16. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know what's weird? And I was at that game and I cried after that game as so well. I had to sit down because I was passed out with excitement. I would have bet anything that it was 17. I right. went back through the play by play and read it. And I'm like, damn, it's 16. But it's 16. So yeah, you're you're right. two of three. Uh, but you you're still the goal is four or five so you're still on a good pace you just We're have there. to get the last two right so here we go question four in stump the Shep for this week Ohio State now leads the all-time series with Penn State twenty three to fourteen how many of Ohio State's wins have been decided by single digits Ooh. is it a seven b eight c
1: nine
0: that's German for no but I like say <laughs> there's a lot of people out there listening like this moron just did it again
1: (laughs) what what were my options seven eight or nine here yes
0: the the question is how many of those wins of the 23 have been decided by single digits seven eight or nine
1: i I don't think it's a lot so i'm going with the least number i'm gonna go with seven
0: Uh, i should have gone with german for no my friend it's nine it is nine (laughs) and this one was not one of them and it easily it could have been a loss could have been and then it easily could have been a tight one. And then it really yeah. was like a 20 point win. Uh, yeah, it's it's the high number on that one, as you you kind of thought on the previous question. Mm-hmm. It's actually yeah. nine.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, so let's do this. You're two of four. Let's just see if you can go above 50 percent. And after Great the week, you
1: pass with that. Yeah. After you, the, you weeks, win a playoff weekend, series that way,
0: you win a playoff series. And I think one of my friends who did, uh, I, I think it was the episode about fantasy football, Alistair. He always said C's get degrees. Bingo. So I know a 60% is basically a D, but you still pass. It's just like a yeah, Tommy boy. I passed. You could be <laughs> the <laughs> I passed
1: guy. I'll take it.
0: Question five to honor Tommy boy on Stump the Shep. What is the largest margin of victory ever recorded in the Ohio State Penn State series? Margin of victory. Is it A, 42 points, B, 49 points, or C, 56 points?
1: Wow um well, let's go right in the middle let's go 49
0: i was gonna say just think of tommy boy d mm-hmm. plus i pass and you know speaking of not to be confused with he had the ultimate not to be confused because yeah. he gets the history exam and he looks down and he goes, i don't even know what the question was because i don't know it and he's looking around and he goes herbie hancock that's yes. at the ultimate not to be confused with it's john hancock you idiot you would be correct, Shep. You got it right. It's 49 points. D plus I passed. And then he hugs (laughs) that little small child. I wish we'd known each other better. So here's a fun fact about this. I thought it was pretty cool. The answer is 49. Each of those teams, Ohio State and Penn State, has won a game in this series by 49 points. And the score was the exact same in both. Both of those margins of victory, the score was 63 to 14. Penn State won 63 to 14 in 1994, and Ohio State won 63 to 14 in 2013. And just to make it even more fun, both of those lopsided outcomes occurred with the home team winning that game.
1: It's shocking as I remembered the, the one that we won. But for Penn State to score 63 and 94, with offense not being at the spread, offense like the New York Jets, as they would say in, in uh, remember, the Titans.
0: That's pretty crazy. <laughs> I don't even know because, I mean, I was six, and you were probably what?
1: I was three. Three? Geez, a little bit. Yeah.
0: I couldn't even tell you a single player on Penn State. I could tell you who the coach was.
1: Com- was Kajana Captain Carter State. there yet? Was Kajana that, Carter still there? You know there? what?
0: That might have been the year that maybe he just ran
1: all over us. I can Man, remember, like,
0: so Tim cool. Biakabatuka for Michigan. I think it right. was 95. But that might be Kajana Carter. Yeah, You might be right on that.
1: It's, yeah, he was the number one overall pick in 95. So that's got to be correct.
0: It's got to be. So he must have just yeah. blitzkrieged us. So you did well, man. You got three out of five. You, you D-plussed it. I passed it just like Tommy Boy did. And uh, you can sign your Herbie Hancock down on the, the passing slip for this one. Uh, I would like to think, I would pray, that Ohio State would be able to pass these next three tests, two on the road and then at home against Indiana. In the next three games, before we get out of here, what are you looking for? Are you intrigued by something? Are you trying to maybe, excuse me, watch a little bit more closely to see if CJ can maybe put up Heisman numbers? What are you excited for? The outcome should be done already, hopefully again. But what are you watching for? What are you excited for?
1: You know, I... I just want to get there at this point. Like, don't slip up. I, I don't want any sort of issues. Get everybody healthy would be really one of my biggest things. If you're if you're looking at, it. I, I had to look up Kajana Carter's stats, so I got distracted there. Yeah, what 19, what are they? 19, I'd like to know. Nineteen cares. Now, first off, look at an old time box score from 1994. It's it's wild just looking at this. But is it written? Um, is it in it, pen? basically? It's it's you can tell it was like printed and then photocopied, and it's like kind of off centered, and it's it's nuts. But <laughs> He ran nineteen times for 139 yards and four touchdowns.
0: Holy hell! Four yeah.
1: touchdowns! Wow! Four wow. touchdowns! Yeah, which makes sense when you score that many points. But that's almost um, as yeah, good no, as
0: Tui Molowai's game.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I my biggest thing is really let's get through the next three weeks without injury and no slip ups. Right? I know it sounds simple, but just you know, don't even make it close at Northwestern. Your favorite by damn near 40 points. Just put them away. Indiana has been a team who in the past has been frisky against us. They're not very good this year. I don't worry about that. And then just get a lead when you go to Maryland, right? Just get a lead. Don't let them hang around. Bad teams hanging around can make issues happen. You don't want to screw around with that because you want to be able to in that game, get your guys out in the fourth quarter. You want to get ready for Michigan without having to just actually look ahead, right? You, You really want three clean weeks, feel good, get the running game going, kick the crap out of them in every way imaginable and and get ready for redemption, really.
0: I I want to see a road win at Maryland because I'm going, and I'm just excited to see my buddy Porter and his brother Drew, and maybe he wants to be in Maryland this time. Uh, We'll get to see some of the national monuments out in Washington, D.C. I think that'll be fun. Mm -hmm. But on the field, what I want to see outside of obviously three victories are dominant victories early. Get the guys in, get the guys out. The last thing we need going into Michigan is, oh, we played CJ into the third quarter to try to get Heisman numbers up, and then he got digged. That's what I don't want to see. I want to see us try to get back to the identity that I think we set early against Notre Dame that we are tough. Push some people back, get angry. And if they're not going to do it, let me do it. Um, And the other thing, the last thing that I would want to see, I kind of want to see JSN. Maybe... I have the the guts to say that maybe we can win a national championship without him. But if we can get him back and healthy and a full contributor for Michigan or Illinois or whoever else, maybe God willing, we play after those. Man, I just, I just, I want to ride this train and I want everyone to be fully healthy because the window, it might close after this year because Kyle McCord, by the way, is not the guy next year. Yeah. He might be a great kid. He might be the leader of the student senate. I don't care. He is not the leader of Ohio State in the offense next year.
1: You may be starting a true freshman next year. B- yeah, what's the one kid it? that we can't say his name? Uh to um, play against I,
0: Penn State before we can pronounce it. Dylan uh, Raiola, I think. Is
1: there he. you go. Yeah, uh, not to be confused w- with Ravioli. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was going to say something a little more inappropriate. I'm glad you, I'm glad you said <laughs> Yeah, I went,
1: I went Disney movie rated for for. <laughs> <laughs> a, a Tuesday night, but I was going yeah. straight through and
0: company after dark.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is, I, I'm with you on the JSN thing, and I'll go even a step further. I want to see him against Michigan. I'd like to see him beforehand, but I want him to play in that game, even if it's ten plays and he's a damn distraction, just to make Michigan think. And then, depending on who you play the following week, I'm okay with sitting him. And I yeah. know that sounds crazy, but you you can beat anybody else in this conference without him. You might need him for Michigan. I think they can win. I think they can win without him. I think they truly can win a national championship without him. But boy, it'd be nice to have him.
0: Yeah, I just, I don't want to feel the same way we did after 2019. No. And I think with Jackson, you're just bringing all your cards to the table and you're ready to lay them down.
1: Yeah. You and don't want I, a what if at the end of this season. You, you know, yeah. there's nothing worse, in, especially in sports. When you do have that "what if" and, and seasons, and you know, like I'm, I'm going to use St. Bonaventure as the example, and I'm actually going to give two A10 basketball examples here, oh, just here because you're just getting ready for I, this week. That's exactly, all I'm getting ready for for basketball season, but I yeah. think. Going with smaller schools sometimes can can like illustrate the point a little differently. Right. So I'm going to use St. Bonaventure for number one. St. Bonaventure should have won a national championship in 1970. Bob Lanier was the number one pick in the NBA draft that year. He an NBA hall I've famer. heard that name. Hell, he was yes, a St. He, Bonaventure. He, he did. He was a, he's a Bonaventure grad. He actually just passed away this year. So we're wearing patches oh. on our, our jerseys all year um, to commemorate Big Bob and our courts named after him. I mean, just unbelievable guy. Everything he did after in his NBA career and then after his NBA career, he was one of the guys in the, uh, what do they call it, the NBA, NBA Cares maybe, and it's yeah. and it's the, it's how, you know, getting kids to read, and that's one of the things that he did, but anyways, Big Bob blew out his knee in the Elite Eight game, and they get to the Final Four, and they played against two seven-footers against Jacksonville, Uh, and they, Jacksonville shot 45 free throws, we shot 14.
0: Oh, man.
1: So you have one of those what-ifs, right, of if Bob Lanier doesn't Get hurt. Do we have a national championship banner? What does that do to the profile of our university? Because we have a banner. Does that change a lot of things? You know the what that one... changes?
0: You know what that changes? That means you don't have to go and recruit for your job. You get to sit at home and you're in your sweatpants yeah. and no belt. And you get to right. sip on champagne. Right. Is what you get to do.
1: Exactly. The <laughs> other one, and it's more recent, and it's probably a little more relevant to more people, is the University of Dayton in the COVID year. I've asked several Dayton fans that I've met over the years. How do you even function (laughs) knowing that that team who was a top four team in the country maybe could have won the national championship the one time probably in the rest of their history, they're ever going to be that good. Right. And you don't even get to compete. Right. I wouldn't be able to function. And that's where you're saying, bring all the cards to the table because you don't want this. What if of if this guy didn't get hurt and every, every team has some, sob stories with that right you always have the if this didn't happen if that didn't happen but you just don't want it to be something out of your control like this so if his hammy could get better and he could play you just want to make sure it's not man we needed one more playmaker and we would have been fine
0: yes it would be nice to bring everybody to the party everybody start dancing crank up the music and and just see and if we come full strength And someone beats us and there's no outside weird factors like those damn refs in 2019. And they just beat us. Like I said, it's probably going to ruin the day, maybe the day after, but at the end of the day, it's sportsmanship. You walk up to a Tennessee fan or a Georgia fan or whoever else, maybe not a Michigan fan. You shake their hand. Like, dude, you just, you just beat us. Yeah. And if that's the case, so be it. But then you're not sitting there like, damn, I wonder if we could have beaten them with JSN because My question is from 2019 is if those refs just didn't get in the way and T Higgins, the, the catch that wasn't a catch. And then it wasn't a fumble return for a touchdown, all the, and the targeting for Sean Wade and all this crap. I truly don't believe Ohio state would have beaten LSU that year, but here's the thing. We will never know. And it's the, it's stuff like that. That keeps me up. When I get back from a Browns game on Monday night football at 3. A.M. And I'm still awake at 6. A.M. It's that type of stuff that keeps me up.
1: It's the best and worst thing about sports, right? Like the, it's what makes though, it, it's what makes the thrill of victory. So rewarding is the agony of defeat. I, I've got a really good friend who's a diehard Browns fan and I'm sorry. Just, yeah. I mean, and, but he is <laughs> like, he he's a, he's a true fan, right? He will never quit on them. He might be pissed. He might be upset. But that's what, you know, fan is short for fanatic, right? And there's, so there's the, you know, we, I've seen a couple times where people come up to him, why do you like the Browns? And, like, insult him for it. And it's just like, you know what? I get to, I I earned this. Like, when they went to the, the playoffs with Baker, he I earned, earned this. this. You can't, Yeah. it doesn't mean the same if you don't care about it. If you yeah. just jump in for the wins, yep. it doesn't mean as much. And that's what, like, we always say, it, it just means more. It means more when you go through a 2019 to be in this situation right now.
0: Does this will sound weird? Does this friend of yours has, have a spouse?
1: He does. He has. Yes, he, he is married.
0: Uh, his wife should know. I don't know this friend of yours, and I don't know the wife. His wife should know one thing: that marriage will last. Because as a Browns fan, they are loyal, they are devoted, and they don't stray. And in the bad times, they stick around. I wish there were some people that I knew that would do that as well, but at the same time, yeah, she she can sleep easy for the rest of her life knowing that this guy. What's what's your friend's name? Matt. Uh, you see, that's a perfect
1: bingo. Name. See, yeah, it you know, all God,
0: comes full circle. God bless him. Yeah, the loyal. He's probably a <laughs> little nuts, just like Brew. But he's loyal, he's devoted, and he's never going to leave. And she can sleep well tonight knowing that Matt's not going to go like, you know what, I think I'm going to be a Bengals fan tonight. No, he's sticking around. Well, that about wraps it up, folks. Thanks to my company today. For my co-host, Chris Shepner, I'm Matt Brewbaker. The soundtrack for the show is brought to you by PremiumBeats.com. Please like, subscribe, and follow me on the Twitter machine, personal at Matt Brew 3 the show at Brew & Company. Thanks so much for listening, and remember, life isn't about the people you meet, but about the company you keep. Until next payday, cheers.